I mean, listen, this this is just a travesty, right? I, I, I just, I can't really, uh, you know, talk to you about how I really feel. It's a series of ways of um, kind of what the demise of the Los Angeles Lakers have become. Uh, I mean, this game that I'm going to talk to you about right here is a game that everybody in the rule book is going to sit here and say from the stats that Russell did not cost them the game. Uh, you could beg the difference, say that's okay and that's true, and sometimes you can't and say that it's not true. Then people are going to say, well, Anthony Davis has been hurt for a better part of the year. I mean, let's be real. We kind of know that Anthony Davis is going to be out for some quite quite some time every season anyway. Whether it's 10 games, 20 games, 25, 30 games, you're going to expect Anthony Davis to be in and out of the lineup consistently. So I kind of don't want to portray that in a sense as an excuse as well. But we're going to start there, okay? We're going to talk about how, in my opinion, Anthony Davis is the most responsible for what is transpiring in the new Crypto.com arena. I still cannot get over that versus calling it a Staples Center. You know, and then in my opinion, number two is probably going to be LeBron James based solely on the fact that he built this team and then with a number three, and the person who is easy, who is most readily able, we should get rid of, is Russell Westbrook. Now let's start with Anthony Davis. I've told people time and time again. For those of you who are tuning in, uh, shout out to all y'all. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the channel, as well as the Patreon. I'm probably gonna drop this on Anchor for free. My problem with Anthony Davis is this: he does not derange himself into a dominant force you know case in point is Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis Antetokounmpo is a freaking monster okay Giannis has been in the league since 2013 okay we have seen Giannis's body of work transform into um, a championship where he literally dominated the championship. Okay. Anthony Davis came in one year prior. And what's funny with this comparison is that I've always been on Russell Westbrook's side as far as development of the game when him and John Wall came into the league. When they both came into the league, they were equal parts in my opinion. Okay, but we saw the slow rise of John Wall and we saw the big rise of Russell Westbrook. But I told people for me, I'd rather have John Wall based on John's Wall's IQ of the position, whereas Russell Westbrook really doesn't have a high IQ. But let me jump back over to Anthony Davis. My biggest thing is Anthony Davis should be looking around the league and understanding that he is the most dominant power forward in the game. Okay. To me, skill wise, you cannot say that Giannis has or is a better player than AD. You can't tell me that. It's just all will for Giannis. Giannis can shoot a air ball three. And then he's going to go back onto that post and he's going to go up and dunk it all on your face. Okay. 
I think I wish Anthony Davis, I wish I could be the bug. I wish I could be in his inner circle. I wish I could be around him. Anthony Davis should have modeled his game after Kevin Garnett. For those of you who do know, I am the most diehard Kobe Bryant fan. And I believe naturally if I never, or if there there was never a Kobe Bryant, if Kobe didn't master who he was, Kevin Garnett would probably be my favorite player of all time. It's it's you is usually Kobe, KG, Mike. And what I like out of all three of them is they don't give a damn about failure. They don't give a damn about how people talk about them. They're going to do their jobs. They're going to be excessive with it. They're going to be selfish for themselves. And KG for years carried a lonesome franchise in Minnesota. When KG went to the Boston Celtics in 2008 to team up with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, they went from winning literally 16 games the year prior, 16 to the 30, no, excuse me, 16 and 62. And let me make sure I'm, I'm correct. Hold on here. I believe that is their record, but I could be wrong. I mean, you have all these teams now and all these sports uh, adding games and um, and playoffs. Let me see what their thing was here. The Celtics was 24 and 58 in 2007. When the big three teamed up, they flip-flopped it to 58 and 24. What Kevin Garnett did when he teamed up with that team was that he didn't focus on offense. Yeah, he probably averaged 20 points a game, but KG then became defensive player of the year. Kind of coincidence, Giannis has been defensive player of the year as well. KG became more of a facilitator. He really directed the defense a lot. And that was primarily the reason why the Lakers were not strong enough to beat the Celtics in 2008 with a prime Kobe Bryant and a newly acrosized Paul Gasol. KG went at Gasol, knew he was soft, knew all he wanted to do was be offensive and put foots in him and ran him and everybody else in that paint out of the fucking gym. Now, people are going to say, well, Carl, uh, I mean, Anthony Davis kind of did win y'all a championship in the bubble. Uh, it will, To me, that bubble championship, as a, as a sincere Lakers fan, and this is just not because I'm hard on LeBron. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking truth. Even if Kobe was, you know, still around and, and it was him that did that, I just think that was an asterisk because of the fact that you didn't really have a lot of teams who were willing to be there. You know, this was by default. LeBron had the most seasoned, most veteran team. It it just everything just kind of lined up for them. Granted, they did play great defense. They did not shoot the three point ball well. Anthony Davis did hold his own for a little bit. But when we acquired Anthony Davis, we acquired Anthony Davis to take over the reins of LeBron James. As much as I despise LeBron James, I respect his game now. 
There's no reason for LeBron to be our leading scorer and playing the five and playing 40 minutes a night and doing this and doing that and the other. There's no reason in this point of his career LeBron should be the number one option on the Lakers. People are going to disagree and say, well, LeBron should be the one leading the team. Uh, I don't think so. You know, LeBron was in his prime when D-Wade was coming off his prime. And D-Wade gave him the keys and the necessity tools to take over. I, from a basketball standpoint, I would say um, that I feel that LeBron has somewhat given Anthony Davis the tools to take over the reins as the number one option. With that being said, I don't think Anthony Davis has fulfilled his obligations. You know, Anthony Davis has recently gotten married. He's already gotten his one ring. Personally, from what I understand as a person who understands people's personas and their um, body language, he, he's satisfied with winning his ring because he can now go somewhere and say, hey, I've won a ring. Now, let's get down to Westbrook. We're going to skip over LeBron. Let's get down to Russbrook. Russbrook, over the years, has been subjected to the triple-double machine. And we tend to forget that Russell Russbrook has led the league in turnovers, I think, seven out of the last nine seasons. And, and is currently on pace to do such right now. And that is a crazy statistic to me. And people are going to say, well, he has the ball in his hands the most. He's got the highest, you know, usage rating and all of this and that and the other. Yeah, I think it was him and it was, it was you know, uh, James Harden back and forth every year. Um, but what's coincidental with those two players, not only did they team up in 20, 2018 or 2019, James couldn't stand them. Uh, they departed ways. Neither one has been really far in the playoffs. Neither one has really won playoff series by themselves. They both have an MVP, but the only ones out of the big three with the Thunder is Durant, who can seamlessly fit into any system necessary. And now we all look back, and we have to apologize to Kevin Durant. We said, well, Kevin Durant disappeared and Kevin Durant did this. That is somewhat true, but all the more, we also have to say that it was probably hard for KD to do what he needed to do based on the fact that he could not trust Russell Westbrook to be his point guard. I've watched Lakers games this year. This is the first year that I've ever since I became a Lakers fan back in 1995, that I've literally turned off games repeated, repetitively because of what they are putting out. It irks me so much to see how careless LeBron is with, I mean, I'm sorry, with Russ is with the ball. You ever notice that Russ has the baddest hands in NBA history for a point guard? Like, he can't keep the ball close to him in any type of way to not commit a turnover. 
I mean, it can be games where the tip-off comes to him. He'll bounce it off his foot before we even get a shot up, and it's a turnover. And I'm like, Russ, what the hell are you doing? When he went to Houston, really nobody was paying attention as much. I mean, I think people still understood that that was James Harden's team. So they didn't really hold Russ to a high accountability aspect. They really just compared him to CP3. When he went to Washington, nobody realistically thought like, oh, yeah, you know, Russ is going to be able to uh, take the Wizards far in the playoffs. I beg to differ. I don't think that was the case. So now that he's in L.A., everything is magnified. Okay, he can't be hidden behind the scenes for all his mistakes. And we're starting to see that those mistakes are coming out with regularity. And unfortunately, it's just going to get worse. He's 33 years old. He's going to play the way that he wants to play, which is one way. And I, while I do commend him for playing hard, I discommend him for being so reckless. This, unfortunately, has become the way that a Lakers fan feel in today's world. There are a lot of us who don't even want to stay up to watch Lakers games. We don't even want to make, you know, excuses for anybody, including LeBron James. You know, we just accept the fact that this is going to be a 500 balling team. Uh, if we did make the playoff tournament, we'll probably be bounced out in the first round. And if we could and we would, we should blow this team up. And I, and unfortunately, I don't really see a scenario when someone is going to take Russell's contract off the books from us. I also don't see a scenario where, as injury prone as Anthony Davis is, they're going to take Anthony Davis's contract. Um, we are just going to be stuck here for the next couple of years, and we really need to reevaluate how we can take care of potentially one of the greats that I have to say in LeBron James. Because if we don't, otherwise, we are going to end up seeing the same exact thing that transpired the last time we actually saw Kobe and Great Spirits. For those of you who don't remember, Kobe was playing night in and night out. 40 minutes a night, doing things that Dwight Howard should have been the number one. Steve Nash should have helped relieve some of those duties. And unfortunately, we ran Bean to the ground. And as much as we despise LeBron James and how he's built franchises up together and super teams and all that such over the years, as an avid basketball fan, you you, you still have to admittedly say, at his advanced age, LeBron cannot just be ran into the ground. Um, Anthony Davis should be the one that should be playing 45, 46 minutes a night, taking over at the five, doing whatever it is he needs to do. And Russ, Russ should be the one taking over the duties of the floor whenever LeBron wants to take a game off here and a game off there. But unfortunately with the injuries that are at hand, COVID being a situation that is just so random, and the uncertainty of West Brick's IQ, 
and inhabilitation situation of shooting, we are going to be left with this season as one of the most disappointing seasons in Lakers franchise history.